Five seconds. Blog Talk Radio. Something's supposed to happen here. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up over here. This is so Quarters. Security condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Well done. Well done. I love that doorman. Welcome and once again, I'm 
happy to have you here visiting me in Madam Perry's salon, the podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. I am your host, cruise director, and groove mistress, Madam Perry, but you can also call me Jennifer Perry. And of course, you know, tonight is a very special night. This is my annual Halloween party in Madam Perry's salon. And of course, I know all the best people, all the big names. Why? Because I'm Madam Perry, and I have all the dirt on everybody. Joining us tonight in this little soiree are two very dear friends of mine. One, please welcome Mr. West. Mr. West, bon vivant raconteur, man about Redondo Beach. Come on in and have a seat, Mr. West. (laughs) Thanks for building me up so much. That was an awesome introduction. It's my job. It's my job. So happy to have you here that you could take time out of your your busy life to uh, come and join us here. We don't get to see very much of you. Nice smoking jacket. Have you been down to Goodwill again? <laughs> uh, well, yes, I made a special trip uh, just for the show. Um, by the way, I wanted to mention, um, you'll have to forgive me, I'm kind of in that being on the West Coast, I'm kind of in that uh, transition stage between my afternoon coffee and uh, early evening alcohol. So it kind of messes with my culture. Ah. So don't don't expect me to be on spot tonight, okay, just so you know. Okay. I, I won't expect any focus, so that would be just fine. But we're just delighted to have you here to bring your general savoir faire to the event. Glad to see we're and on also, the same page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, dear. And my friend and uh, assistant doorman, Duffy. Duffy, I'm so glad that you were able to um, get off of your other job and work here again tonight. Oh, it's wonderful. I, I've lost my shoe. Hmm. Uh, did you lose it before you got here, Duffy? Or, or what's the story on this? Is this something pertinent to the evening? Well, no, I just looked down and I only have one shoe on. Well, Duffy, that's a shame. It really is. And I'm very sorry to hear that, but you're going to have to uh, be better prepared if you're going to keep working. All right. All right. Duffy, maybe you better. Duffy, have you had had your your vitamins today? You know, your special vitamins? I have them here. I have Okay, and Duffy, you know, we uh, we opened the show, instead of my usual theme song, we opened with uh, Don't Fear the Rabbit by Frenchie and the Punk. I thought that would put everybody in a better mood. Okay, well, my... Um, my doorbell uh, is, is not very not working very well, but we are going to have some trick-or-treaters tonight. Uh, you know, we got to get a little jump on the uh, frightful season. And uh, let's see, I think, let's see if we hear somebody at the door. Like I said, my doorbell's not working. I had some people, I had Duffy working on it earlier today, Mr. West, and he's not very mechanical. Let's see what it does. He was probably looking for his shoe. Yeah, really. Okay. Okay, that must be it. Come in, come in. We have a trick-or-treater. Well, hello there, young lady. And what is your name? Hi, I'm Sherry. 
Cherry. Well, welcome. I see you've got your little trick-or-treat back. And let's see. Let us guess. What are you supposed to be tonight? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, guys, help me guess what her costume is. Um, a, let's see. Are you a social worker? <laughs> a butterfly? No. Mr. West, what do you think she is? Well, I'm thinking if she was dressed up as a shoe, it might help out Duffy. If you, well, it may, it may, and then again, it may not. Let me see. I'm going to go ahead and rule out 90s emo artists. I don't think that's it. But, um, <laughs> well, well, come on in and sit down. Sit down. And uh, Sherry, we've got some candy and treats for you here, and uh, they're all in a little package, so you don't want to open them until you leave. But, um, Sherry? This is a this is a party and it's a Halloween party and so we would hope. Do you have a, a song or a story you can share with us? I have a little story. Oh, wonderful! Isn't that wonderful, everyone? Yes, I want to hear I a can't story. Wait. I can't a story. wait to hear it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Well, Sherry, yes, as you see, we'd be delighted to hear your story. So, go ahead. Okay. Uh, when I was a little girl, my grandmother loved to tell us, us stories about the old country. And for some reason, only my brother and I were very interested in it. Um, one of the stories that she used to tell us was about the real Dracula's castle. Grandma lived oh. in Transylvania, and her shtetl was a little Jewish village that was right below the castle. You can imagine how delighted I was when Grandma one day decided to recount her adventures as a young girl. She was out in the village to get some water from the well, and she was really close to the castle. The castle was high up on a hill, like a fortress, and the real Dracula was much, much scarier than the Dracula that Bram Stoker created. His name was Vlad the Impaler for a reason. He was a monster who put his victim's head on stakes outside the castle walls to warn others. So my grandma, uh, being a good little girl, uh, was uh, supposed to go out and get water. And there were stories in the village about headless goats wandering near the castle. And she wasn't allowed to go there at night. But she didn't really expect anything bad in the morning. And she always went to get the water before school, but for the first time ever, she felt like there was something behind her or someone. Thinking it was one of the boys from the village teasing her, she just went on to get the water for her bucket. As she turned around, there was a shadowy figure, and it was obscured in the darkness of the trees. And to her flight, it had no head. She ran home screaming her head off. Not literally in her case. Um, when she told her father, <laughs> when she told her father, my great grandfather, what happened, he questioned her, thinking that maybe it was a joke. You know, the village boys dressed up, and it upset him because the family needed the water. But from the description of the clothes and the way she described the figure, um, he knew that it must have been one of the last victims. And from that day on, only he. And her brothers were allowed to get water from the well. Oh. Mm. Whoa. Is that cool? Uh, that's a good uh, story. Uh, well, it wasn't cool to her. That's, that's a good no story. Head. What do you think uh-huh. of that, Toby? Yeah. 
He had no head. All right. Well, well, Sherry, thank you so much for stopping in and telling us a true story about your your grandmother in uh, Romania. Thank you. And I hope that uh, you get a lot of treats tonight. And here I've got a little special goodie bag for you. And don't open it until you get outside because it's a surprise. And just take that with you. I'm going to let you out the back door. And um, if uh, if it, it makes any noise or moves, just smack it one time, okay? Okay. Thank you All very right. much. <laughs> well, thank Happy you, Halloween. Sherry. Hope you... Happy Halloween to you, okay? Step right outside where the, where the dogs are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was a good story. All right. So, anyway, yeah, some neighborhood kids are supposed to walk the dogs, and I guess they just put them in the backyard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. So, okay. Well, let's see. I think we have Duffy. I really was hoping that you would have time to work on that that door. Um, But I have, let's see, I think somebody else is parking outside. um, And we have another guest. Oh, my. Another guest coming in. Awesome. And, uh, Duffy, would you get the door, please? Yes. Hello. 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 Someone here. Hello. Hello. Come on in. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Hello. Hello. Remove my leg irons. Follow the candles. (laughs) (laughs) The floating candles. Is the candy supposed to be this gooey? (laughs) Which one was it? No. That's a it's not no, candy, no, my friend. It's our dear friend Jasper Park. Duffy, let him in. And Duffy, please find him a nice, uh, find him a nice, come come in. Him in a nice, find a nice chair for him. Jasper he's Park there. is a very special friend. He's a, he's a very Thank special friend, Madam Perry. Supposed to have spikes all over the seat. No, 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 no. So, um. <laughs> Are you comfortable, Duff? Are you comfortable, Jasper? Not really, but I'll make do. It's okay. What a trooper. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have been meaning to to work on my Indian faker act and to lie on a bed of nails. So I suppose sitting on a on a chair of nails that that's a start, isn't it? Well, we're doing yes. the best we can around here. We don't have much of a budget and not much of a sponsorship these days. But, Jasper, I'm so glad that you've come all the way from England. Um, so, <laughs> Jasper, let me introduce you to my friends here. Um, you know my doorman, Mr. Sulu, but also my assistant, Duffy, here. Duffy, just hello, hello, Duffy. Jasper Bark. Hello, and Jasper. And, of course, hello, Duffy. And uh, a friend of mine, hello, uh, Mr. West. Mr. West, meet Jasper Bark. Hey Jasper. Hey Mr. What's West. Up with the accent? Pleasure What's to up with the accent? Where... Nice to meet you too. Where are you um, from? What's up with the accent there? I'm actually from um, New Jersey, but um, I, I came down with a rather nasty um, uh, infection, and, and something happened to my vocal cords, and, and now I sound like a kind of bargain bucket um, uh, uh, Brit, I'm afraid. It, it's also well, rather got... catching, so I wouldn't stand too close, or you might lose your accent. <laughs> oh. well, you, 
You got lucky from there, actually, that you don't have the Jersey accent anymore, frankly. So, good job. Yeah, yeah well, I guess. <clears throat> My wife doesn't say it that All way. Right, okay. What are you going to do? He's not from Wendy Jersey. Jersey. He's from Stephanie, you Jersey. Oh, yeah. What's that? Oh. Thank you. Yeah, that was Duffy shutting the door. All right, so my dear friend, Jasper, you know, I've played some of your videos on uh, on on some of my social media lately, especially the way of the barefoot zombie. Thank you very much. Where you have a very Hugh Hefner-esque look about you with your Playboy bunny zombies, introducing yourself as a Playboy... Uh- Author, Playboy, fluffer to royalty. Uh, where can I see that? I heard Playboy. <laughs> it's it oh, has look me up on YouTube. What what URL? Where do I go? I think I need to see this. Listen, listen. I've got to go this let the dogs YouTube. out for a moment. Before you, I was hoping you would tell a story, and uh, tonight for us tonight. And uh, before, let me let me go put the dogs outside, and or the beast out. Killer Satan, just a minute. And Duffy, would you make uh, go over to the cauldron and get a nice beverage for Mister Jasper Bark, please? Would you do? Oh, I'll, oh, I'll go to the cauldron. And here. for Mister West. That's a pizza light. Thank you. Get a beverage uh, for for Mister Bark and for Mister West, please. I'll be right back. There's a the bug in my stein. And your and your stein. If it's blood, uh, can I have it at room temperature, please? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good, Bye. Duffy. I don't like need anything. Mr. Jasper, would you have some brew? Um, okay. Is it supposed to be that color? It, yes, yes. Uh, it's a right. special color for Halloween. <laughs> I see. Oh. <coughs> so, well, I'm, I, I'd be honoured. Um, oh, it won't cause any strange sudden transformations, will it? I can't say exactly. Wasn't brewed up by um, Dr. Jekyll or anybody? I don't I can't say. I wasn't there for the process. Fair enough. Well, do you know what? You only live once, and and sometimes you don't even live that long. Um, so you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm game for anything. I'll, I'll try anything once. Take a sip. Yeah, that's certainly a unique flavour. Oh, uh, mm. yes. Anyway. Yes. And and those little yes. croutons floating in it, are, are they um they look suspiciously like eyeballs. Yes, they're they that's corn. Fair enough. Okay. Mm. Well, I think it's something of a um it's fair to say it's something of an acquired taste. Yes. yes. Oh, so all right. Open. Thank you. Thank you for serving. So you must you must only sip it. Okay. Right, so I shouldn't just All take right. a good Thank sugar. You. Thank you, Duffy, for serving. Uh, I don't see Mr. West. You don't have a, you don't have a beverage? Have you ever drank uh, it before? No. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. That's why. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to pass. Let's just say the last time I had some of that oh, stuff. Oh, no, no. Last time I had some, oh, I woke come up on. Next, No, really, I woke up naked next to some dude. He looked kind of like Benicio Del Toro. He's wearing an orange Speedo, and we're on a sex oh. ship heading towards Pensacola, or maybe Taipei. I'm not sure. 
Tentacle and Taipei are very similar. Oh, you're just a kidder. He's just a kidder. Don't listen to him, Jasper. He's just a kidder. So, Jasper, you know, you're, you're, you've, got, you've got so many matches, so many fantastic things. You've got a YouTube channel coming up, graphic novels, uh, so many books. You've got two new books out. And do you have a special story that you can tell just from Madam Perry's guest? Uh, I certainly do. Um, last okay. time I, I was on the show for Halloween, um, I told quite, quite a modern story. Um, this time around, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go very, very, very old school. In fact, um, I'm going to go right back to the very birth of storytelling itself. Back in the days before we had screens of any sort, before we had books, when all storytelling was oral. And this is, um, is a story from ancient Wales. And, and I kind of want you to imagine as you're listening to it, that you're sitting in a large hall, probably made from um, a wattle and daub with a, with a roof that's woven out of lots of twigs together, that you've all gathered in the hall because the grand chieftain of the tribe has, or, or the king of this particular small um, uh, fiefdom has called you all in. Everyone's been feasting because uh, it's All Hallows' Eve, so a large hog has been roasted over an open fire. And now as the embers are beginning to crackle and everyone's um, eaten their fill of pork and drank their, their fill of mead, the, um, the chieftain cracks his staff on the ground and calls for the bard to come. And a rather slim, sort of lithe chap with a very long white beard and a little liar steps into the, um, into the ring. And he decides to tell you the story of Galert, and this is my interpretation of it in verse. Of all the tales of ancient Wales surviving to this day that catch the lives and loves of those now long since passed away, no one has told so sad and bold a tale as of Galert, the best-loved guard dog of the king, both constant and alert. A finer hound was never found in any sovereign's home, nor no palace more protected than those royal halls he'd roam. Most everything prized by the king was guarded by Galert. All his family and possessions from his scepter to his shirt. So, on that day, when called away by matters of the state, the king called to his favourite hound and told Galert to wait on constant guard, so all were barred from access to the spot on which the precious first-born prince lay dreaming in his cot. The faithful hound stood to that ground beside the king's sole heir, and not one single thing that moved escaped his watchful stare. The sleeping child just sighed and smiled. Without a single care, Galert knew nothing greater than the future king's welfare. Affairs of state drag on till late, and when the king was done, he flew home in his eagerness to hold his newborn son. But what he learned, when he returned, brought panic to his face. The prince's cot was empty, and Galert 
had left his place. He searched the gloom of that dim room, and in the waning light the king laid eyes upon the dog, who looked a fearful sight. His wild eyes glared, his teeth were bared, and from his mouth dripped blood. The king could tell Gullert had killed quite near to where he stood. Fiend! cried the king, and in one swing he brought his drawn sword down upon the hound he trusted with the future of the crown. As that last breath that meant his death slipped softly from the hound, an infant's cry was heard to the surprise of all around. Behind the screen, the prince was seen, alive without a doubt, next to the body of a wolf whose throat had been torn out. <laughs> the king, he sobbed, I've not been robbed of my most precious jewel, and yet I've slain the one to whom we owe your future rule. The king's remorse came with such force he personally ensured a royal burial for Gallert, his only just reward. And to this day, where those bones lay, a village can be found named Bedgallert in honour of the land's most faithful house. <laughs> and that's the story. Oh. Oh. Hail Galak! Hail Galak! Yes, yes. Oh, oh. And there is actually, there is actually a um, a village um, to this day in um, Wales called Bedgalert, and that is um, a, a very ancient traditional story, and that's my telling. Um, and I think actually that it's. Um, like many, many, many ancient um, traditional stories, um, it is um, a horror story. Horror stories were some of the earliest tales we ever told ourselves. Yeah, great and reading. And that's why Halloween is such an important time. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And, and where is the city near in Wales? Where, where would I find it? Um, Bedglert. I've only you been know there what? <laughs> In Welsh, well, I don't know actually um, where to find Bedgallert. Um, in well, Wales. we'll find it next. We'll have a show next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. It's um, in the Snowdonia uh, in the Snowdonia area of Gwynedd, Wales, and the population in the last census was 455 people. <laughs> and wow. you can even go and visit Galeet's grave. Uh, wow. so that's about as um, so. It's in Snowdonia. Snowdonia. It's in the Snowdonia. national park apparently. <laughs> mm. oh, yes, Mr. West. I'm sure it is. Well. No, I'm googling Mark, mapping. Google mapping it right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jasper, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to come and tell us a story to read to us. Uh, thank you so much. You and are very welcome. Do you want to have uh, another drink? 
Um, maybe I'm good, you know? Maybe uh, one of um, the his bruises, possibly one a year, is about all my stomach can take, I think, actually. <laughs> but it's very kind all of... Right, all right, all right. A man has to know his limits. All right. Oh, Mr. Barker, are you going to stay a while, or do you have to go attend to some other... Goodness. I can stay a little while longer. I mean, seeing as I've come all the way, obviously, across the pond, it would be kind of rude of me, really, not to hang around a little bit longer, wouldn't it? <laughs> all right. Ooh. Well, let's see. Right. Well, let's play. Right. I'm going to wait and give you your little snack bag before you go, but let's stop and play a song for us, shall we? Okay. Yeah, what would you like to hear? How about something by Killy Dwyer? Do you know Killy Dwyer? That sounds perfect. Been here before? Um, All right. This one is called, and you have to really listen to the words. See something. This is something. This is a very important message for the world today. See something. Oh. Say something. Killy Dwyer. Don't assume it was left by accident. If you see something, say something. Hey, everybody! It's terrorist season here in New York City.
something and she said something. I love Kelly Dwyer. (laughs) You like that song, Jeff? I like that. That was brilliant. Oh, she's marvelous. It's all right. Oh, guys, you know what I think? I think we have, I think we have somebody else at the door, and we get to guess what their costume is. Because sometimes these costumes are a little, well, they're just. Oh, what do you say? They're just a little bit not well put together. You know, some people just have no, no commitment. To their costumes. So let's see. Open the Zephy. Would you open the door, please? Yes. Yes, I'll get it for you. You gotta get that door fixed, Duffy. The doorbell. All right. Hello. Hello. Come play with us, then we will kill you. All right, Duffy, I told you, no no personal phone calls or visits from your friends while you're here working, sweetie, okay? Okay? Because I know you want this. Because I know you want to keep this job. Yeah, so go ahead and send your friends out. Okay, we have somebody else. I need my shoes. All right, come in. All right. Well, hello there, young man. Come on in. Welcome to Madam Perry's Halloween special. How are you? Hello? Hello? Are you a little bit shy? Oh, it's not a young man. Is this a young woman? Good costume. (laughs) Well, come on in. Let's see. And what is your name? Uh, Lee Murray. Lee Murray. All right, Lee. Well, I'm here with my friends, Mr. West, Jasper Bark, whom you may know, Hello. and Duffy. Hello. Oh. And so first we're going to try to guess like what... Dr. Einstein to me over there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper, um, don't you know Lee Murray? Um, I'm not no. sure we've had the pleasure. No, I but don't think we have met before, um, but I hear he's come from a long way away, just as I have. I just popped in from New Zealand. Um, I, I thought I saw Sherry's car out the front, and so I thought I'd just turn up. Um, I hope that's okay. Sherry was here earlier. Yes, yes, she was here earlier. Yeah. I think she's still smacking her Halloween treat around. I told her if it made me noise just to... I could be quiet till she got home. <laughs> now, first of all, let's try to guess. Let's try to guess. <laughs> let's try to guess what her costume is, guys. Okay? Don't tell us. Let us guess. I think. Um, I think she's ointment. <laughs> no. Um. Maybe an encyclopedia salesperson, Mr. West. What do you say? <laughs> um. Uh, Mr. Potato Head on steroids. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking. A, I'm thinking a. Uh, I'm thinking a homeschooled pharmacist. What about you, Jasper? <laughs> um, I, I was thinking kind of um, somewhere in the region of Barbarella, by, by, by way of um, oh. Camilo de Palia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I said. Oh, 
Well, you know, down here in New Zealand, it's not a big deal, Halloween. I hate to say that, but yeah, we don't. It's sort of, it's not a really big deal. We don't really do that trick-or-treat thing. So, um, yeah, you know, mostly it's, uh, we pop into the warehouse, which is kind of our equivalent to Walmart, and, um, you know, pick up something something bought so yeah okay I'll admit I'm wearing one of those Disney Moana costumes and I didn't make a big effort alright I'm sorry but you had to come here for Halloween so you're always welcome here always welcome to Halloween here and you know this is going to be written that this is a you know my Halloween party, Madam Perry's Halloween party, is a very big social event, and this is going to be written mm-hmm. up in uh, gnomes and better, better gnomes and gargoyles magazine. So you'll see, you'll see your picture in there soon. Hey, look, well, um, can I just? Sit? No one's sitting on the rack over here. I'll, I'll just sit myself over here if that's okay. Oh, Duffy, did you not find a chair oh, yes. for her? Did you not find a place on, on the rack or something on the chair? I did. Okay. It had something wrong. Did you? Did you make it? Get it together, Duffy. Here, drive it. Drive it. Oh, you'll love this one. Okay. <laughs> all right. Much better. So, Lee Murray, as as you all know, is a very, very famous award winning author. And so I'm mm-hmm. hoping I'm hoping as you sit here by the cauldron with us, Lee, that you have a story to tell us. Oh, and I have a few stories to tell, but um, uh, I have—I can give you a choice. How about that? I can tell you a story that's an old favourite of mine, that's sort of inspired from my own childhood, or I can tell you something that's sort of a little bit more post World War One, or with a bit of a New Zealand flavour. What'd you like to hear? Ooh, uh, that sounds good, guys. Do you have a vote, everybody? Mr. West, I'd Mr. like Anyone? to hear the story from your childhood, Lee. Oh, okay. Well, um, this is a really old favourite, and it's probably been heard. It's probably been heard of before. It's, um, but it is an old favourite of mine, and it, it comes from a true story. Well, part of it's true. All of the bits that are that aren't fiction are true, um, and, uh, and it, it comes straight out of my childhood. It's called Peter and the Wolf. Ooh. The wolf is back. I can hear it when I press my ear to my pillow. It's great paws padding and pacing about under my bed, ragged yellowing claws catching on the wooden floor. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I press my ear against the pillow to block the sound, but still it comes. Crunch, crunch. I'm too scared to shout, the sound stalling in my throat. The wolf comes at night, a lone male with yellow gleaming eyes and blood-blackened teeth. The hero on my pillowcase is useless against the wolf. His cape flapping, Superman throws his fist into the sky and does nothing. The wolf has been visiting me for a long time now. I've learned that the more frightened I become, the more frenzied it becomes, the sound of its steps getting faster and faster as it paces under my bed. It's as if it's learned to smell my fear. I slow my breathing so the wolf stays calm. But one night soon the wolf is going to eat me. Perhaps he's waiting for me to be fatter, like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. He comes back most nights to see if I'm ready. I think it'll be soon because he's getting bolder. I can smell him now, sharp and metallic, like the taste of blood after a paper cut. The door opens, letting in the shaft of cheery yellow light from the hallway. 
Dad comes in. I almost weep with relief. The wolf doesn't show itself. It's afraid of my parents. It slinks away somewhere. I don't know where. Michael, have you wet the bed again? The wolf is here. Now that's enough. I don't want to hear any more stories about wolves. I've told you there are no wolves in New Zealand and there are no wolves under your bed. The bathroom is just across the hall. Just there. Angry, he throws out his arm. It's the third time this week. We expect this kind of thing from Peter. You're eight. That's too old to be wetting the bed. His face softens. Come on, then. I scramble to my feet. He picks me up, his hands on either side of my waist, and lifts my feet clear of the wolf's fangs. My face smooth against his stubble, he carries me to the bathroom. Paula! He's wet the bed again. In their room next door, I hear Mum slap down her book. She comes to the bathroom where Dad is helping me strip off my wet pyjamas and leans against the door. Dad turns the shower on. Mum asks, you okay here? Dad says nothing, but I see the face he pulls. I'll strip the bed then, she says, and she pads away. Later, when I am clean and dry, I lie on my back and watch the light from the hall. Under my bed, the wolf is still. I strain to hear that he can be coming. For the moment, there are no footsteps. The light flickers for an instant. Did the door just move? Open. Close. Yes, the wolf has gone. But where? Is it roaming around the house? I imagine the wolf nosing open the door to my brother's room where Peter is asleep in his low toddler bed. My blood freezes and I tremble. Peter. Instinctively, I know the wolf is in Peter's room. In my mind, I see it circling Peter's bed with its yellow teeth and sly eyes. There isn't enough space under Peter's bed for a wolf. Mum tried to slide my old train set under there to get it out of the way, but it wouldn't fit. I have to do something. Peter's just a baby with chubby baby fingers and folds of skin at his wrist. He can't do anything for himself like I can. He needs help to put on his T-shirt or do up his car seat. I get up. Sliding the top drawer of my bedside table open, I take out the pocket knife Granddad gave me for Christmas and prise it open, my fingers shaking and sweaty. My heart races as I creep into the hall. Peter's door is open. I was right. The wolf is in there. I grip my knife hard, my knuckles white, and peep around the door. I see its hulking grey shape on the bed, standing over Peter. It opens its mouth, dripping saliva, its yellow eyes gleeful. No, I won't let it eat, Peter. I won't. I charge at the bed, my tiny knife held high. I thrust and thrust again. I'm close to it now, inhaling ammonia and milk. My blood pounds. The creature howls in frustration. It wasn't expecting me, but still it fights back, clawing at me. I slice out with my knife, knowing I must throw every bit of my weight behind it. The little blade prowls deep, touching bone, grinding. Warm blood runs down my hand. But the wolf isn't dead. With a whimper, it bounds away. Then in that instance, the game changes. Suddenly, I am the hunter. I chase it, stabbing at it from behind. Light floods the room. Blinded, I don't see the wolf make its mistake, make its escape. Oh, my God, my mother screams. My eyes adjust. The room is awash with blood on the bed, on the floor. Peter's fingerprints streak the walls where he has tried to get away. Now he lies on the floor in his Thomas the Tank Engine pyjamas, his body ripped and oozing where the wolf's teeth have sunk deep into his torso. On her knees, my mother wraps. Uh oh. Oh dear. 
Oh dear, she left us hanging. Oh, oh no. That was that was like a ending. Hanging. Lee, come back. Come back, Lee. Jasper, is this just a showbiz trick to keep us hanging on, to keep us faded and tormented? Gosh, um, well, it's one of many tricks, but it's a mean one, just when we're so into the story. Yes, it was a very mean one. You know, I don't know, gentlemen, I'm going to give her, I'm just going to give her a bit of a benefit of the doubt that maybe, maybe, it was some kind of technological situation, and maybe she'll call back and finish. And until then, to keep within the theme, I, I'm going to play. I a, think she was maybe song. whisked away by a by, a, that, uh, by an evil witch, perhaps. I like well, the wolf. Don't look at me. Going here. Uh, All right. Maybe for their song, it will um, it will conjure her back. It will counteract the spell. Yeah. I think so, and I think the song should be something something kind of fitting in. How about? Poplock Holmes and Pound of the Baskervilles. I was going to suggest that exact song. Was a Friday night and one like no other with lightning strikes and thunder. When a thousand feet that drowned out the pounding, and no doubt we found out just what made the sound. See a hound pounding out made sounds that drowned every ounce of the thunder and sounds from the clouds. A pound so deep, our insides were shaken and taken aback when the beast kept breaking. Three beastly heads all barking back, their rumbling bass made the walls crack. Bricks tumbled down, and there was a castle surrounding the beast. And down in the rafters, out of the timbers came pounds and shivers. Our spines of your face still clutching their mothers. The base welled up, the walls came down, the beast got up, and hell went down. We grappled on top of the toppled remains of the castle that tumbled under the strain. The sound that he made shoot me right to my kidney. I thought I was lost when it suddenly hit me. Pop, lock, and drop that bass. Run the scenes into place. Pop, drop, and lock it up. Music for the steampunk. Lock and drop that bass Run DMC's in the place Pop, drop and lock it up With music for the steampunks Now that hound took a pounding That sounded least Back up pounding, confounding me. I dodged, I weaved, I skimmed, I skirmed. But the beast had a head. Whenever I turned, I couldn't get free. I couldn't get out. I turned to Watson. Go on, get out. I'll keep on busy while you get away. The music lived on. My beats must play. So we clashed, we collided, igniting the spark. The beast, the beast, the beast, the art. This wasn't a beast, but the beast that was beating. You can't beat the beast, or the beast that the beast brings. So I stood tall and I let the beast eat me. The beast started beating. The second that he bit me, you can't kill the pop lock. I'm like Obi Wan. To let the beast drop and pop lock Pop lock and drop that bass Run the scenes in the place Pop, drop and lock it up Music for the steampunks
lock and drop that bass. Run DMC's in the place. Pop, drop, and lock it up with music for the steampunks. Black home was pound of the Baskervilles. Did you like that, guys? That yeah. was fantastic. That was fun. Hello. Oh, oh and Lee is back. Lee Murray. Wow, well, I think it was something Justin gave me to drink. I'm I'm pretty sure it was something he gave me to drink because I just popped out for a Duffy. moment. <laughs> Duffy. That juice will do it to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Shoes. You've drank that before, Mr. West. Any any <laughs> side effects? Uh, I think I already mentioned waking up next to a guy that looked like Benicio del Toro in orange speedos <laughs> on a slave ship bound for I think it was Tallahassee, unless that's inland. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's what happened after last time. Scary. I just drank a little bit of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand. It was just her vacation until you got to Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yes, she might have been um, unduly affected by that juice. That's all I can say from my own yeah, personal well, experience. It's okay. I'm eating right. one of these eyeballs now. They're very crunchy, aren't they? I don't. <laughs> yes. D- well, yes. Duffy. Duffy's. Duffy's a wiz. He's a wizard in the kitchen. Just a wizard. All right. So He's Lee, an back when to it comes the story. Get us back to the story. Oh, I don't even yes. know where I was when I passed out. I just have no idea. <laughs> the mother, <laughs> it was nearly the mother done. had the wolf and stay. Oh my God, my mother screams. Oh, I think we were. Ooh, I don't know. Okay, so now Peter lies on the floor in his Thomas Tank Engine pajamas. His body ripped and oozing, where the wolf's teeth had sunk deep into his torso. On her knees, my mother wraps her arms around him and rocks his little body to and fro. I'm too scared to move. I think my brother may be dead. My father approaches. Ducking down to my level, he uncurls my fingers and removes the knife. It's okay, Michael, he says. It's over now. My fingers are sticky with blood. I look at them in surprise. The wolf was here, I whisper. And this time, Dad nods. Somehow it lost a bit of the drama when I passed out there for a moment, huh? (laughs) <laughs> not not for us, not for me. No, at all. When I was a little girl, I used to lie in bed, and you know you can sometimes hear the pulse in your ear when you when you when you push your ear against the pillow. And I, as a small child, I always thought that was a wolf under my bed. So, <laughs> wow. so that's where that story came from. <laughs> was was that pulse the beating heart of the wolf? You think, or was it his panting breath? Oh, I think run. it was the the beating heart and the st- the footsteps of the wolf under my bed. I just I believed uh, it. I completely believed it as a little girl, and so um, yeah. So that's what inspired that that story. And I think sometimes mm. uh, our imaginations as children are, you know, uh, are pretty real. So absolutely, um, I I had quite an hallucinogenic. Um, imagination as a child and I, w- I was think I was actually almost into double figures before I stopped asking myself if that was real or did I just imagine it yeah wow. was yeah. it was a com- I think it's a common problem for those who kind of end up as writers that um yeah and, uh, and I think one in, of the reasons in... go on go 
I was just going to say, one of the reasons we become writers is, is it's almost to tame that imagination or certainly to distract it and give it something to do. Or maybe yeah, get back I, to I that think same in, imagination. I think in New Zealand we, we kind of walk with, we walk with the myth and, and New Zealand is a sort of quite a dark and foreboding place anyway. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we live with that gothic in, in the everyday um, with that sort of mythology and the, the isolation and... Um, and that kind of thing. So I think it's sort of pervasive here, and and it certainly gives it gives great inspiration for story as a writer for sure. I, I would agree with that. And I think, well, I think in England you'd have the same situation with so much mythology and and um, history to, you know, there's there's a ghost everywhere you step in, in England. So I think there is that that great uh, that great impetus for story that comes that comes from just from our environment. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. But isn't that where the Shire is? Yeah, actually, it's about 40 <laughs> minutes from where I live. Yeah. But that's <laughs> there, not there, talking yeah, foreboding. Orcs abound. Absolutely, orcs abound here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I'm surprised you're allowed to talk about it. <laughs> no, it's Wonderful just, story, it's though. A, it is. It's a very good. It's a wonderful story, and I think it was great to set it here in New Zealand. You can actually, if you if you're ever out this way, do come and pop in. We have you can visit a lot of those venues, and they do have a sense of place and, and atmosphere, which really is quite dark and sinister. So yeah, New Zealand was a great place to set that, even if it was an English story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it has been such a delight for you to be here with us, Lee. Um, are you going to stay for a bit, or do you need to, to pop back to to New Zealand? I can stay for a little bit. Yeah, I can stay for a little bit. It's a long trip, so I'm very happy to yeah. oh. <laughs> a little long trip. Yeah. Well, then rest, rest. Get comfortable. I think Debbie has drink. something else for you. Have, an, have another drink. Mm. Oh, 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 thank you. Yeah. All right. Good, and good luck see. with that. I, I believe mm-hmm. I saw outside we have we have one more one more trick or treater um, sludging up the hill, and he seems to be having a little bit of difficulty. It could be because of the um, um oh what are the, what are those things? Help me, somebody. What were those? Um, um yeah, yeah. Both. They were down things. Yeah, yeah, the 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 children out there. So um, so while he's trudging up here, let me see if I can play. How about one more song? Does anyone here a, a fan of Hugh Cornwell? And of course, a pro his band, if you know it, Jasper, you should. His band name is appropriate for our Halloween special. And it is the Stranglers. He's the Stranglers. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> fabulous. Band. The Stranglers, and under mm-hmm. my under her spell.
Cornwell from the Stranglers. Well, Ooh. what a fabulous night it's been. Once again, Halloween in Madame Perry's salon. I don't know what happened to our other trick-or-treater. They were sludging up the hill. I looked and I looked and I looked again. And Duffy, would you mind? He's in, in the moat. He's in the moat. I see him. He's in the moat. He's holding a shoe. He's holding my shoe. Well, I guess it's too late now. Jeffy, you have to put him out of his misery. Oh, no. There you go. I'll I'll throw him the other one. All right. Well done. There we go, Duffy. Thank you all so much for being a part of our special Madame Perry Salon Halloween party 2017. Sherry, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Well, delighted to have you come so far. Uh, Sherry Rabinowitz came earlier. uh, All the way from New Zealand, Lee Murray from somewhere, 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 London or something. Jasper Bark from um, from yes, uh, Saipan, uh, Mr. <laughs> West. 
from Casablanca, Duffy. And I am Bye. just delighted to have you all here. I'm the luckiest madam in the whole wide world. So everyone, before we pull out the last Halloween music, no moon at all. Everybody give your last Halloween warnings to everyone, starting with Lee. What should people watch? Halloween for? warning? Oh, I go to bed early. Yes. <laughs> go to bed early? All right. Mr. Bark, Jasper Bark. Uh, never lift the shroud of an angry ghost. That will turn Skippy. Mr. Mr. West. Uh, um. Yeah. Let's see. No, you Mr. Caught West, me off you're guard. adorable. You, you're adorable when you come sipping out of the cauldron, Duffy. <laughs> Be very careful when you're walking under a full moon in the woods because you might hear <laughs> Okay. And remember to take your little goodie bags with your little tricks and treats in them, your little goodie snacks that we made just for you. And, no uh, moon at all. What if the snack makes any noise when you get home, just give it a little whack and it will settle down. No Thanks for having me. Good night. We're out of here, Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.